Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta let me get through the intro. I'm continuing. It's another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield. That's a show where we talk about The Nanny. What's that? It's a 90s uh, sitcom starring Fran Drescher, and we're here to talk about it. This week, we are talking about season four, episode 16, The Bank Robbery. It sounds more ominous than it is, just so strap in. I am Sean Pasquale here with... Victoria Sheffield. Hold on, let me adjust my headphones. We're off to a adjust. great start today. We're off to a great start. Uh-huh. Listen... <laughs> Full disclosure, folks, uh, we just got back from like two weeks off for Christmas break. We haven't done this in a while. We're very rusty. We're a little punchy this morning. Mm-hmm. So stick with us as you uh, watch us get uh, back on the bike in real time. And that's a promise. This is the one where Fran gets stuck in a bank robbery with her mother, Sylvia. Mm-hmm. And uh, not much else happens. It's another season four episode where we're still wondering, will they, won't they, with Fran and Maxwell. Yes. And this aired on February 12th, 1997. And I'm only bringing attention to that because it is a Valentine's Day episode. Yes. I was realizing, I was like, oh, remember last year's Valentine's Day episode? Um, where nope. that was the one where that was, you will, you will. That was the one where Fran thought she had a secret admirer, and then Val almost fell to her death. Oh, that was a Valentine's yeah. Day episode. Because remember, it was like she she started off being like, "I don't like Valentine's Day," and then she got a note from a secret admirer, and she's right. like, "I love Valentine's Day," and she thought it was from Mr. Sheffield. So Man, was a season- lot of dramatic things happened to them on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, very true. Okay, so. Um, the episode, yeah, it literally begins with um, Mr. Sheffield's in his office and Niles comes in and he's like, oh, sir, what did you get Miss Fine for Valentine's Day? And he's like, he basically is like nothing except a card. And then the card says on the outside, what rhymes with Cupid? You open it. There's a mirror and it says, happy Valentine's Day, stupid. <laughs> and Mr. Sheffield is like beyond pleased with this. He thinks it's He's so funny. way too impressed with himself. Yes. and as, um, as, as most people that aren't funny are when something <laughs> stupid falls into their lap. Like he thinks this is like the funniest joke ever. And even Niles, who is naturally a very funny person, is like, eh, this is not oh, going to yes. go well for you, dude. Yes. He's like, this is a bad idea. And he's yeah. correct because Fran then enters wearing, by the way, a incredibly epic like pleather, red pleather pantsuit. And she, she looks is, like Catwoman if she wore all red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very cool, very bold. Um, and I liked that it was like it was a Valentine's Day outfit, but it wasn't like cutesy. Uh, right. And so she she's comes up holding the card. She is not amused. She's like, you know, how could you give this to me on the most romantic day of the year? You know, it's so hurtful. And he is basically like, well, you know, I, I didn't want you to, you know, read too much into it and overreact. And she's like, me overreact. And they start to get into like a squabble. And it ends with him kind of like meanly saying, you know, I wish I had never said I loved you. Like it just has caused so many problems. Yeah. And she she's so upset by this. She literally is like, she's like, my my nervous system, it's it's, sh- it's shutting down. I, I can't see. And she just wanders <laughs> out of the room like in despair. Yeah. And then it's funny because then Mr. Sheffield looks at Niles and he, Mr. Sheffield like knows he's screwed up and he's like, okay, okay, like lay it on me. Like tell me how much of an idiot I am. And he's like, 
oh no, sir, I couldn't. <laughs> He's like, but a pitcher says a uh, says a thousand words and he just hands him the card that he gave Fran. <laughs> and so, but yeah, basically we're just reestablishing where we are in the Fran, Mr. Sheffield emotional arc. Like they have feelings for each other. She's very open and honest about them. And he is, it's, it's, it's like, he's not in denial, but he's also not like being kind or, or empathetic about it about this whole situation. I think part of my issue with this season is where Mr. Sheffield is emotionally is a place where no human being ever gets to be be, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like the nature of TV dictates that the writers cannot allow him and Fran to get together, but that's not like a real thing that normally happens in real life. So Mm. his nebulous, like, yes, I care about you. Yes. I'm willing to say it, but I'm also not willing to commit to it thing. Doesn't really happen in the real world. It's just like, it's purely a manufactured, like the writers won't let me feel a certain way yet. So I, I can't. And and it's really hard to relate to that because it's like, that's not like a real thing. Like, I feel like Friends did this a little, and I have not watched Friends since it aired, so I could be completely misremembering, but I feel like Friends did this a little better because at least Friends had Ross and Rachel, like every time Ross was ready to love Rachel, she was in a relationship. And every time she Mm -hmm. was ready to love him, he was in a relationship. They, I feel like they did a better job of of making it more impossible for them to get together because of external reasons. But but this show isn't really giving them too many external reasons. It's just this weird internalized um, sticky patch that, that Maxwell's stuck in, but it doesn't really track to like a real world emotion. You have it be that Mr. Sheffield's finally ready to go confess his feelings and he maybe goes off to where he knows Fran is, you know, just as she is like uh, starting something up with a new guy. I think that would have been like, like maybe Fran gets a boyfriend. Or reverse engineer (laughs) what the plot that they already had. And instead of Heather's husband dying, you have Heather Bibler (gasps) be the one who dies. And and right as Mr. Sheffield's ready to tell Fran, okay, I'm ready to commit. Fran comes in and is like, good news. I'm back with Danny. Yes, like I just went there to console him, and then you know it. it One thing led to another, more. and then mm-hmm. you could bring that character back because yes. we know Fran's not ending up with that dude, but he is a realistic foil. Yes, mm-hmm. if you had played a whole season of Fran and this dummy dating, you could have had a lot of like you know it would have given Maxwell more to do. He's trying to interrupt their dates. He's trying to like prove to Fran that that Danny's a shitty guy. You you know there there was like. I just feel like there would have been a little bit more to play with on the whole will they won't they maybe Fran kisses Maxwell in one episode mm, and mm-hmm. has to tell Danny and Danny's like I don't care I kiss chicks all the time you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right but, all right yeah. so now that we've uh, spent forty minutes <laughs> saying what we wish that happened um, we've reestablished where they are emotionally we then you know go to the opening credits and we cut back to the mansion you know Fran has left the office she's in the main part of the house and the doorbell rings. It's Sylvia and Yetta. They come in and Sylvia is like in this huge huff or tizzy because apparently Yetta has met a man who wants to marry her. And Sylvia is convinced that he just wants to get at her social security checks. Yes. Um, and she's like, you know, so Fran, like we have to go down to the bank and we just need to make sure that the joint account that I have with Ma requires two signatures, like mine and hers before she can just give money away. Which I also was like, 
you know, she's a good daughter. <laughs> and this she made me think of elder. Daughter. Yeah, this is this reminded me of elder law, which now makes me think of Liz, uh, Sean's yep. fiance, who is yep. an elder law lawyer, and Practices also. Bob Odenkirk again. <laughs> Second Bob Odenkirk shout out in two weeks. Um, and so that sets up sort of the the other thing that's happening. So Val ends up driving to the driving them to the bank, and she's like, "I'll wait for you in the car." At which point, Fran offers to give her a bag, a paper bag that says "out of order" to put over a meter, and that really made me laugh. <laughs> she just goes around with that. The thing is, though, while in the bank, uh, Fran and Sylvia they're just kind of chit chatting in line. And a bank robber shows up and he pulls out a gun and he's like, everybody get down. <laughs> so Fran's very first thought is, of course, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to die. And and Mr. Sheffield's last words to me are going to be that he, you know, wish he didn't say he loved me. He's going to feel so guilty. And then she's like, you know, maybe this is a good thing. <laughs> Yeah. She's like, like you know, not mad about it. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about this scene is that this bank robber is clearly very out of his element. He's like, you know, doesn't really know what to say. He's literally using note cards that he wrote on a like a script, and he's just not very sure of himself, which is going to come into play later. He's a completely inept at his. Like at one point, he's like. You know, she's like, you know, you should have covered the cameras so they don't see your face. And he's like, I don't need to cover the cameras. I'm wearing a mask. And she's like. No, you're not. And he's like, uh-huh. oh, I forgot to pull the mask down over my face. Uh-huh. So, like, he's he's an idiot. Like, he's very quickly established, and, and probably to make this whole episode very non-threatening. Like, they didn't want yes. to do a very special episode of The Nanny where, like, gun violence is an issue. So, like, yes. they make him the most peaceful, nicest bank robber I've ever seen. Yes, yes. He's clearly never done it before and is not well-suited to it. Yeah. And so then we cut back to the mansion. We're in Mr. Sheffield's office again. Niles and Cece are, like, at each other's throats. And this this is definitely the, the show ratcheting up the, okay, Niles and Cece are always, you know, bickering but like Mm -hmm. they are they're getting closer for sure um and they're kind of getting lumped as a duo more and more and mr sheffield's like i can't take it anymore with both of you yana and gracie come rushing in to break the news about this bank robbery which is like clearly on you know the the new york city local news except that yana forgets what she was going to tell them because she's so senile so then when gracie tells everyone she's also surprised and upset (laughs) which which was a funny like running gag throughout the episode yeah um and mr sheffield's like he's like oh my gosh uh, i need to go down there right away um even though niles points out that there's like really not much he can do he even says something like oh yes because i'm sure the uh SWAT team and FBI could use the help of the producer of Jelly Jams. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jelly's last jam. <laughs> oh, oh, Jelly's last jam. Jelly's, he's like, I'm sure the FBI and the CIA can use the help of the producer of Jelly's last jam. And he's like, let's oh. go. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so, yes, Mr. Sheffield is, you know, rightfully very worried. We then cut back to the bank. Um, and this episode has a lot of just kind of back and forth, back and forth, more so than, you know, it's very linear and it's, it's, it's like we're watching in the time in real time as opposed to like a few days between, you know, scenes. Yeah. So Fran and Sylvia, they're on they're on the floor with everybody else and they're chatting away so much so that when the bank robber threatens to gag them, the other hostages beg him to. <laughs> Which yeah. was a great gag. But so, you know, basically, uh, she's just sort of chatting. She's not too worried. And she even, like, just stands up and, like, walks over to him. And this is kind of what you were talking about when um, she was, like, giving him practical advice. She's like, you know, I don't want to tell you how to do your job. But, you know, 
you really should have brought some spray paint for the cameras. You really should be covering your face with a mask. You know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, step on your toes. It's Um, ridiculous. Yeah. And they start kind of getting, but because he is clearly so bumbling, he's actually receptive to this. And he ends up telling her that the only reason he's even robbing the bank is to buy his mother a condo in Florida to get her out of his life. And she hears it and she like instantly takes off her watch and she's like, I don't know how much this is worth, but I want to contribute to the fund. God bless. (laughs) Which is funny. And then now we cut back to Niles and Mr. Sheffield and they, they're outside the bank. There's a huge crowd that has emerged. There's police officers out there. They see Val. They rush over to her. And Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, Val, like, thank God. Like, what do you know? And she just goes – she looks around. She starts pointing out men and she goes, single, divorced. Who the hell cares? <laughs> and, and Mr. Sheffield goes, she must be in shock. And Niles is like – Oh no, sir! What you see is what you get. <laughs> I really like that, and especially because you you realize like it's a joke that only works several seasons into a show. Like, yeah. if we didn't really thoroughly know Val, it wouldn't have been nearly as funny. But it, it was just very much like, oh, that is a, a character specific joke that that just worked for me really well. Yeah. Then we go back to the bank. There, everyone, the banker and the hostages and Fran are squabbling about what to order for lunch because they're all because because uh, Sylvia <laughs> claims that she's hype. Hypoglycemic. She's like, I'm hypoglycemic. (laughs) And then she needs to eat regularly. So they end up ordering deli food. But in the process of arguing over what to order, the bank robber fires a shot into the air. Like not at anyone. He's just trying to get everyone's attention so he can then be like, we'll do deli. But we come back to outside the bank and they hear a gunshot and, you know, everyone outside kind of freaks out. And did you notice this very like, action movie style camera shot that happened it i was very like surprised by it it you know when we cut to outside the bank and we go back to mr sheffield who's standing next to a police officer and there's a crowd behind him the camera like starts up high like high above everyone's head and it just kind of like swivels around really quickly and i don't know i didn't actually love it in the context of a sitcom um it felt very like we're gonna do die hard yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it felt like they were trying to give this episode any kind of like dynamic energy because, like, it is kind of a stagnant. It's like we're in the house, we're in the bank, we're in the house, we're in the bank, we're in the house, we're in the bank. You know, mm-hmm. so it felt like, ooh, we're we're outside and we never do outside street scenes. So let's use a sweeping crane camera to like yeah. really set up <laughs> like the the chaos happening outside. But it doesn't really work because there's no tension inside the bank at all. I also think there's something to be said for like. We've all watched a million sitcoms in our lives or sitcom episodes, and we've all watched a million like hour-long dramas and action shows. And and I do think we have a certain expectation for what we're going to see. Yes. And I think sometimes it just doesn't play well when you deviate. As like lame as that sounds, I do think it's just sort of this like – it's like a human psychology thing. So it's like I didn't really like seeing that shot in a sitcom. It just it just felt <laughs> like um, – discordant to me sure you know yeah. um yeah but so then you know they hear the shot everyone freaks out and then you just hear fran's booming voice going we're okay and <laughs> a police officer goes that's one of the hostages on a megaphone <laughs> and mr sheffield smiles and he's like that's no megaphone that's my nanny <laughs> which you know she <laughs> like the joke being that um she doesn't need a megaphone to talk that loud and that kind of turns into the- an Oh, God. 
And the look the cop gives him is so funny to me. Like, it's hard to describe, but the cop just looks at him like, you have a nanny? Like, he looks so annoyed. (laughs) And also, but there was a funny line that that ties into when Mr. Sheffield and Niles first get to the bank and they ask Val what's happening. She's like, it's all quiet in there. And he goes, my God, they've killed her. (laughs) <laughs> like the <laughs> that if there's no sounds, then she must then be dead. Clearly, Fran must be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, we then got back to the mansion. I loved this scene. It was uh, this little beat. Cece is now in charge because everyone else has left. Like all the adults and caretakers are gone. So she's there with uh Gracie and Yetta, and she's teaching Gracie how to make a martini, which I thought that's just like such a funny touch that that's what uh, CC would be doing when babysitting a child. Of course. <laughs> but, then, but then Gracie goes, when do we dip the old gym sock in it for good luck? <laughs> and Cece's like, what? And she's like, that's how Niles always makes yours. <laughs> <laughs> and then the look on Cece's face was so funny to me because it, it yeah. wasn't even angry. It was like, She's just trying to compute what she just heard. Like she's just trying to do the math on it. <laughs> yeah, you can you can see every martini she's ever drank flash before her eyes. Like she does a really good yeah. job of like you like clearly she's remembering every single martini <laughs> he ever handed her and going like, did it taste like gym socks? I don't remember <laughs> it tasting like gym socks. That's the look she gives, and it's really good. It's really mm-hmm. good. Yes, yes, and I I don't know if it was. You know, the if if it was co- direction, like it was an incredible comedic direction because it wasn't the obvious beat, which would have just been like scowling, um, right? Or, or if like it was repulsion, like you know, yeah, yeah. Or if it was uh, Laura Lane, but it was it was fantastic. Um, and then the two older kids come in; they're home from school, and they haven't, you know, they don't know anything about this. And um, Yetta Yetta keeps telling people, but then forgetting. So. You know, basically, when they find out, she's also horrified all over again. Mm-hmm. It's a fun back and forth where she's like, I have to tell you kids something. And then she's like, wait, I forget what I'm supposed to tell you. And then Gracie's like, mom, you know, uh, Fran and, and dad are are trapped in a bank robbery. And then or, yeah, Fran, and or, Sylvia. Or Fran and Sylvia are trapped in a bank robbery. And then as soon as Gracie says it, Yetta goes like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's just continually rediscovering. Back at the bank, now Fran is just eating a deli sandwich because they've got this huge deli spread. And she's sitting at a desk with... Uh, Leslie, the bank robber, and she's on the phone with the police, and she's basically acting as his in-between, and she's negotiating a better deal for him. She's like, he wants a limo, taking him to LaGuardia, he wants this and that, da 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 flight to Mexico, first-class flight to Mexico. (laughs) Yeah, she throws in a designer dress for herself, (laughs) and then, you know, they hang up, and then the phone rings again, and he picks it up, and he goes, Oh, it's it's Maxwell again for you. So clearly, Mr. Sheffield has been using the line to try to talk to her, and she goes, "Tell him I'm not here," which is so <laughs> absurd. And and then he gets on the phone, and he's like, uh, "Max, uh, I, she doesn't. I'm sorry, but she doesn't want to talk to you right now." And he's like, "I I think she's just really hurt." And I actually thought this was a really cute and like funny it device was. because it's like yeah. you know she's the in between between him and the police and. She, He's her in between, between Ma- uh, Maxwell and herself, yeah. and then we cut to. So, so well, basically, we've established that like she and the bank robber have a very comfortable rapport right now. They're getting along great, and then we go to outside the bank, and Mister Sheffield, he tells Niles that 
he actually, he's like, I regret telling her that, that I wish I'd never said, I love you. Like, what if she dies? And I, and you know, that's the last thing she heard from me. And so he's actually, you know, kind of has Fran hoped is mm-hmm. he's starting to feel really bad about that. Um, and it was great too, because he starts this conversation off by saying, he goes, Niles, may I confess something to you? <laughs> and Niles goes, mm, well, I don't know. I'm not a priest, sir, but I'm this <laughs> close to living the life. <laughs> like <laughs> basically being you celibate. Um, yeah. And then we go back to the bank and now, you know, it seems like all of the bank robbers' um, conditions have been met and, you know, the limo he ordered is coming and he's going to have to go. And he's like, Fran, like, I, I got to thank you for everything. Like, you know, I, I, this, I, you did so much for me. And she's like, oh, of course. She's like, believe it or not, this isn't the worst date I've ever had. <laughs> and um, as he's leaving, Fran and Sylvia are giving him advice on the best way to get to the airport during Friday rush hour. And they're like, you take a left on Flatbush. And then, or so, and then, you know, Sylvia's like, no, you don't. You take a left at the da-da-da-da-da. And they start arguing. And they're like, you know what? We'll just go with you. You'll never get there without us. <laughs> so so they all exit. And he's like, okay. He ends up using like grabbing Fran and kind of like using her for cover as well. But mm-hmm. it's done in a way where it's like, he doesn't actually like want her to get hurt. I think he just is sort of like, well, no, no, this will work. This will be mutually beneficial. Like I can also use you, you know, in that sort of like typical hostage uh, robber way. So right. they go outside and, you know, everyone in the crowd gasps because a guy with a gun comes out holding a woman and Mr. Sheffield, you know, he's so desperate that he just grabs the megaphone from the police officer. And he's like, Miss Fine, I just want you to know that I, I, you know, take he basically takes back saying, yeah, that he wishes he had never said he loved her. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's like kind of a it's like a very like double negative situation. He's like, I'm sorry, I told you that I wish I said I didn't love you, and she is so you know heart, like moved by this that she literally like elbows the bank robber and she's like. She's like, what are you doing? Get in your limo and get away. And she runs over to Mr. Sheffield and she gives him a huge hug. And then Val comes over and also hugs her. And then then Val goes, Fran, that bank robber took your mother. (laughs) And then then Fran goes, oh, that poor man. (laughs) Like completely (laughs) unironically. Yeah. But so everything worked out. And then in the button of the episode, we see – Fran is back at the mansion. She's in a new outfit. She's actually now wearing a a, a wig that's like a very chic bob. Yeah. Um, clearly, like maybe a day later, and she's watching the local news. And we find out that um the bank robber did not in fact make it to Mexico because Sylvia gave him bad directions, and they ended up at Mongolian Barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that turned out. And Mr. Sheffield comes in, and she ends up giving him a card. And it's a really goofy, stupid card. And it's just so funny because he's equally upset that yeah. it's not like a sentimental card. And I'm like, that's so Mr. Sheffield. Like, so petty. Like, like the fact that he gave her a lame card and now he's hurt that she gave him. He's mad. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's not, he's like, you know, it's, it's just seems like, you know, it's a sentimental holiday and it's really an unsentimental card. <laughs> and he's such a baby. Such a baby. Um, but that's like the whole episode. I feel like I kind yeah. of breezed through it really fast without taking a breath. Um, but, you know. Yeah, you did. But it's okay Be- because there was so many – I feel like we're going to have way more lines than we normally have because there was so much 
funny dialogue and back and forth lines. Yeah. And that was kind of it. You know, I mean, that's that's basically it. There were, were a ton of funny lines, though. So I think we should get into <gasps> segments. Segments. And now, segments. So segments yeah no i think we should move on to segments i to say we can move on to our segments and now segments segments uh for you okay um, what are you oh my god there's there's so much. Well, I mean, you you mentioned the. I really liked my whole nervous system just shut down. I'm going blind. <laughs> when Fran <laughs> I wish I never said I love you. Um, I also really like Yetta comes in and she's like, I'm I'm getting married, and and they're like, what? And then Fran goes, Why are you getting married? Are you pregnant? And Yetta goes, I don't think so, but I am really late. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Then Fran says it is a total joke. Like she's not yes. being serious. And Yetta. Yeah, Yetta must be like forty years late on her. Forty years late, yeah. Um, uh, and then there's another Yetta line where I forget what the setup is, but they they set up Yetta so she's basically they're like, wait, Yetta, like, uh, are there two men in your life? And then Yetta goes, ugh, with two men, there's always performance anxiety, jealousy. <laughs> And then there's like this long beat where Fran and Sylvia are looking at her like, wait, did she just admit that she slept with two men at the same time? And mm-hmm. then Yetta goes, what? Now you know something about Nana. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I thought was so good. Such a wild, uh, just a woman who's had so many experiences. What a life. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that same scene, I, I one of my favorite lines of the episode is, you know, when Sylvia is like berating Yetta for, you know, kind of like just hooking up with this guy and not, you know, paying attention to the realities of the situation. She's like, what are you even thinking, mom? The man's a baby. He's only 60 years old because Yetta's so old. And then Fran goes, 60? Yetta, he's not even back in diapers yet. <laughs> like, like the idea that like that's a circle of life. Like it's like if he's not back in diapers, he's not age appropriate. Right, right. Um it's also I, funny because it's like that's a common like oh you know you're if you're dating a younger person people will often be like oh she's barely out of diapers or whatever you know uh-huh, so it's uh-huh. funny that she's like he's barely back in diapers <laughs> uh-huh um i really liked when they uh are in the bank when the bank robbery first happens franco's <laughs> she goes i can't believe i'm gonna die here my whole life is flashing before my eyes beautiful baby most popular girl in high school. And then she looks directly at the camera and goes, made. <laughs> Which it was just great delivery. I just really yeah. like that particular break in the fourth wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's also a line in the bank where she says uh, something about blood and the robber goes, the, the bank robber goes, oh no, I hate the sight of blood. And Fran just turns around to the hostages and gives them a thumbs up and they're all like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like okay we're not gonna die <laughs> yes yes yeah well yeah and i already mentioned this but i love when the robber threatens to gag fran and sylvia if they don't stop talking and the other hostages are like please <laughs> yeah and then um and then there's also uh there's also the the the, the button where 
it's not really a line, but I just, I really liked the payoff of they're watching the news and the newscaster's like, and the robber, you know, got away in a getaway car, but then ended up taking the wrong turn and ended up here at this Mongolian barbecue. And we have one of the hostages and it just cuts to Sylvia eating a big plate of ribs. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think the newscaster is even like, you know, ma- madam, like, what are your thoughts? And she just goes, it's a little dry. <laughs> She's unhappy with the ribs. So, so unfazed by everything else. Um, I, oh my God, this, for some reason, this made me laugh so hard. But basically, um, when all three of the Sheffield kids are now with Yetta, um, you um, Yetta is like, you know, she keeps forgetting about the whole hostage situation. So she's not really worried. And she ends up opening this plate of baked goods and she goes, oh, am I crazy? Or does this prune Danish look just like Moisha Diane, who's like a famous uh, Israeli uh, political fighter <laughs> and Brighton and just like really perfect delivery he goes both. <laughs> like I, I'm not even, I'm not even like, <laughs> I can't even deliver it the way he did because I'm not yeah, like you know, an did. actor, but he, but it was like not even a insult, but it was just like, oh no, no it's just like very matter of can- fact. He's like, both. It looks like that person, and also you're a little crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. I just was like, that's a really solid joke that I've never heard and, before. Like, and then she goes, go- and then she goes, we're gonna be rich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, which is so funny to say to two to three children who grew up in a mansion is we're gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. be rich. <laughs> so endearing. It's so cute. I I already said this, but I liked when Niall says, well, I'm not a priest, sir, but I'm this close to living the life of one. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and and you pointed it out, but also the Val, the Val like, Val, what's going on? And she's like, well, that guy's single, that guy's not. And then she points to some guy off camera and she goes, and who even cares about him? Which is like the uh-huh. biggest burn you could give someone. <laughs> and she actually goes, and who the hell cares about that one? <laughs> yeah, it's so mean. Um I really like so um at one point in the episode, Mr. Sheffield is like, you know, chastising Niles for eavesdropping over the intercom system. And he's like, you know, Niles, I told you to stop doing that. <laughs> not even like just not even as a joke, in total earnestness, Niles goes, Sir, I tried to quit for two weeks, but I ballooned up to a size 38 waist. <laughs> Meaning that like when he is basically like his like cigarette fix is eavesdropping on the intercom. And if he's not yeah. eavesdropping, he's just going to like uh, stress eat or something. Yeah. If he's not, if he's not like deeply in on their drama, he stress eats and he gets yes, fat. Yes. And he has like nothing else to do. And, uh-huh. and I just, it was like, I, to me, I think it's extra funny because it's a very funny thing to tell your boss and as if it's a reasonable explanation. And it's also a hilarious thing to have your boss accept as a reasonable ex- right. explanation. And I just wrote, Maxwell is so impotent. He is. <laughs> like, he is. He's completely useless. Like, he'd be like, well, you know, he does gain weight when he doesn't listen. So, right. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? <laughs> I'm not a monster. <laughs> yeah. I loved when when Fran first gets dragged out of the bank by Leslie, the bank robber. Mr. Sheffield's like, Miss Fine, are you okay? And she's like, I'm not talking to you. And then she's like, and I just have to say, it's really sad that my abductor and I are closer than you and I will ever be. 
<laughs> as he's like dragging her towards a car. Well, she also has a great line because she says at one point, you, you mentioned this, she goes like, this isn't the worst date I've ever been on. And then they're going to leave the bank and he like grabs Fran around the neck and like starts puts to like, drag her. her. He puts a gun to her head and starts to <laughs> drag her out the door to like escape with her and Sylvia as his hostages. And as she's getting dragged out the door with the gun to her head, she goes, Still not the worst date I've ever been on, yeah. <laughs> which is so dark. <laughs> I love that line. Um, yeah. And then my last thing I wrote down was um, I really liked when, you know, after the after Leslie, the bank robber escapes and she runs into Mr. Sheffield's arms. She, he's he again. He's like, I'm sorry. I told you I regretted saying I love you. And she goes, and I'm sorry. I cut up your favorite silk tie to make Gracie's Barbie an evening gown. <laughs> 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 and then Adorable. she's like, oh, it must be the stress talking when she realizes <laughs> what she's saying. Just that, like, that's what she would do when she's upset is like destroy his stuff, and then, yeah. but also but, like make a Barbie gown out of it. Yeah, but also help the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. You know, I was looking, this I think is my longest favorite line section ever of any episode yeah, we've I, ever I, did. I think so too. That's why when when you were like, you know, we kind of breezed through the episode. It, I was I wasn't really stressed because I was like, yeah, but there's so many. This was such a dialogue heavy episode that it's kind of hard to describe it. You just sort of have to like hit all of the great lines. Um, and it, heavy it, it, on it the good. Yiddish, yeah. Oh, and a lot heavy of Yiddish. On the Yiddish. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, dude, let, let's go to our Yiddish because uh, this was a new one for us. Yeah, well, I'm going to list all of them and a couple, two ones that I never heard before. So, one, okay. they, they use Yenta, which we've heard a number of times, which yes. is a busybody. You know, some Yenta's picking out designer checks is, yeah. is what Fran says uh, when they're first at line in the bank. Um, they say Hazer because when they're deciding what to order for lunch, Fran's like, oh, well, you know, there's a Roy Rogers. There's, uh, she's like, you know, there's a this, there's a that. And she goes, we call it the Hazer strip. Um, and Hazer means pig. <laughs> so that's, yeah, like that's a funny pig. thing to call a like uh, a block that has a lot of restaurants, the Hazer strip. Yeah. Um, we have the expression oi gewelt, which I realize I don't think we've ever had it maybe in this show before. Um, oi gewelt directly translates to oh violence, which doesn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> but it, it basically is just used to express like shock or amazement. Like I, I actually yeah. use it. Like I'll go oi gewelt yeah. if something you know happens. Yeah. Um, you know, like if like you know you find out like oh my flight's delayed, oi gewelt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't remember ever hearing this next one. Um, Schmendrick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, a Schmendrick is a stupid person, a fool or a nincompoop. Um, and yeah. Sylvia calls, she goes to the bank robber. She's like, oh, is he a Schmendrick or what? Cause he was literally going to leave without the money. <laughs> Schmendrick. Yeah. And I do really, I love how Fran and Sylvia were like totally helping him. Like they have no moral qualms about this. They're like, no. cause uh, on his way out, she's like, um, she's like, Leslie, don't you want to take a little something for the road? And he's like, oh, no, thanks, Sylvia. I'm full. And then she goes, I'm talking about the money. (laughs) (laughs) And then like trying to help him get a shortcut to the airport. Honestly, their ambivalence towards him robbing the bank kind of tracks with the liberalness of the show because it's like – it's a big bank. It's a big corporation. They're insured. It's not going to like this guy's got like a real problem. He needs the money. And this is a victimless crime. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. And and they can almost tell like he's just this like, you know, mild, like this, this good natured guy kind of out of his element. 
Yeah. They take pity on him. They do. Okay. All so right. then for Nanny Trivia, this is really random. And I don't even know if you're going to care that much about it. But I think um, a lot of our listeners, especially who are kind of in like my age demo, which you and I are mostly in the same age demo, but not for everything. I think they'll mm-hmm. think this is interesting. So okay. I, I did an, a little deep dive on Anne Morgan Gilbert, a.k.a. Yetta. Yes. And I, I found out lots of things. But this, I was like, oh, my God. So she had two daughters, one of whom became an actress named Hallie Todd or Haley Todd. Mm-hmm. And she was Lizzie McGuire's mother. Mm, okay. Which which okay. I know for you it's like not a big deal, but it's like but <clears throat> I mean I know what Lizzie, Lizzie McGuire is. Yes, but for I mean, mostly girls, I'm sure there were some boys too, you know, who were tweens in the early aughts. Lizzie McGuire was like the biggest show for like eleven year olds. Maybe like maybe like eight to twelve year olds. Okay. Um, yeah, I because yeah. I always used to confuse Lizzie McGuire and Hannah Montana. I, I thought it no. was. I thought they were both shows about like singers, but they're no, not. No, no, you right? were. You were like because how we're like five years apart. It's exactly that kind of thing where like when someone's eleven and someone's sixteen, they are in two different universes. Um, yes. You know, and that obviously like changes as you get older. And you were a boy, and the demo was really girls. It was a Disney Channel show, but mm-hmm. it, it was like I can't really express to any of our um, older or younger listeners like how it was like just the most popular show. And, well, and my um, sisters and- my sisters would have actually been the right age, but I believe that at this point we no longer had the Disney Channel was like a pay cable channel at the time. And we no longer had Disney Channel. So they were Nickelodeon kids. So I watched a lot of Nickelodeon shows in this era with them, but not a lot of Disney shows. Well and to be fair, I was a Nickelodeon kid too. I as much as everybody I knew watch Lizzie McGuire, I didn't like it. I didn't really like Disney Channel programming because Nickelodeon was always funnier and weirder. And edgier, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I knew so many people were like, that was their show. And it was it was Hillary yeah. Duff. Uh, but it's just oh, I just had no that's idea. That's where she comes from. Okay. All right. That's where she, that's where she was birthed. The Duffster. Mm-hmm. So and- her, so what did her other da- daughter do? Anything of note or no? Um, I think she actually became like an acting coach or something like that. No. She so, also no so she's a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who she's coached. She could have that's coached, true. you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, oh. You know. All right. Now well, I'm interested she, again. <laughs> although, you know, she could have coached uh Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> who did you relate to in this episode? I mean, honestly. I feel like this was a tough one because, like, who who do you relate to in in such, like, a high-concept episode? But I definitely have felt desperate enough to consider wanting to rob a bank, even though I've never gone through with it. Um, So I guess the desperation of the bank robber I could identify the most with. And I was like, Mm. yeah, I I guess if I had – I guess if I had – if I was a little more – if I was a little stupider – because he's pretty stupid, um, I could have probably at some point in my life convinced myself that the only solution I had was like a bank robbery. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, it's maybe even less about like the specific means of breaking the law for money, but sort of I think you could relate to like, this is actually a victimless crime because this is a huge corporation. If anything, it hurts people. And like, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not taking money out of the hands of someone who needs it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. I, I felt like I had a very literal, uh, one for one in this episode. I really related to Sylvia in that I really do need to eat very regularly. Like, mm. like truly it's, it runs in my family. I think we all have a little bit of like, could potentially become diabetic as we age, like, you know, blood sugary issues. Um, and I didn't know that this was not how everybody else lived for, for a long time. And then I found out wow. that like some people can be like, oh yeah, like I can skip lunch. I cannot eat for like nine hours and I'm fine. Like if I'm not fed every three hours, there oh, wow. start to be like a huge like you don't shift. Like you don't feel good and like your energy drops and stuff. Oh, that's my focus goes, sometimes I'll get nauseous. I get lightheaded and it, it sounds like it yeah. sounds made up. Um, no, I, like, I get that. I mean, I, Elizabeth and I go hours without. I mean, we'll wake up some mornings and at like three, I'll be like, we haven't eaten today. We have to eat food because I shit. don't feel good, you know? No, like the thing is, if I didn't eat breakfast and then got to lunch and didn't eat, I, I would genuinely like dry heave and maybe pass out. <laughs> <laughs> See, and look at that. We we thought this was going to be some like horribly short episode and uh, we got a full episode, uh, longer than uh, the last couple oh, no. out of it. Well, we'll cut, <clears throat> we'll probably cut like the 10 minutes of us talking about what we wish uh, had happened <laughs> at the front. <laughs> oh, I don't know. See, I thought that was interesting. I think we I don't went wanna, too long. I don't, wanna, I don't want our listeners to get bored of us. Well, that's an episode. <laughs> that was an episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Please uh, find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Oh Mr. Chef Pod, and tell us your thoughts on this episode and others. And tell us, uh, you know, what are your favorite lines? What did you like from this one? Was this one of your favorites? Also, leave a five star review and a rating wherever podcasts are consumed. And we will see you next week for another exciting episode. And on that note, goodbye. Goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>